Chapter Twenty Two of the Flint Heart by Eden Philpotts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two: The Sentence. While it occupied exactly no time for a fairy messenger to reach the ear of Charles and inform him that the King of Fairyland wanted him immediately, yet Charles, on his side, albeit he made the greatest haste took half an hour to reach Pixie's Holt. But the time was passed quite pleasantly, for, at the King's direction, light refreshments were served to the entire company, excepting, of course, the Badger, who had nothing. In addition to this piece of kindness, the Queen gave out that she was prepared to offer a prize of a thousand a year and a mansion, and a ten-mouse power motor-car for the best limerick on the badger. She kindly consented to judge the competition herself, so papers and pencils were handed around, and the fun began. Everybody thought the owl would win, but he didn't, and, as a matter of fact, he was not in the first three. Limericks were little in the owl's line, because his mind was so solemn. The slow worm of all people won, and that is the reason why, when you happen to see a slow worm, he is always sleek and shining and prosperous. So he ought to be, with a thousand a year, and a mansion, and a ten-mouse-power motor-car in the garage. His limerick was pretty good though each one of the other competitors thought his own much better. It ran as follows. The badger is very ill-bred, for he stood on his hind legs and said he'd be king of the lot. Now he finds that he's got to be hung, drawn, and quartered instead. The meadow mouse came in second, but there was no second prize, so he only won the honor. However, he would be much pleased to think I had mentioned his limerick in his story, so I will set it down. The badger would keep on his hat till the jacky-toad squashed it quite flat, but now it is said he won't keep on his head, so he can't get much change out of that. When Charles arrived, the king put the case before him. I need not repeat His Majesty's remarks because you know them already. The question for Charles to decide was whether the badger should or should not be hung, drawn, and quartered. The badger was still in a rude, boisterous frame of mind, and pretended he did not care. He had actually entered for the limerick competition himself, but when the queen read his attempt she smiled to herself and tactfully tore it up so it was lost. "'Well, Your Majesty,' answered Charles, after considering the question carefully, "'of course you know best, and I can see clearly that the badger has sadly changed, and he deserves a very serious punishment. But if it was me, I should only carry out part of the sentence.' "'Which part?' inquired the king. I should not hang him," replied Charles. Why not? asked the king. Because it would spoil his usefulness, said Charles, and never give him a chance to turn over a new leaf. 
"True," said the King. "And I should not quarter him for the same reason," continued Charles. "But I should certainly draw him, because a badger can be drawn, and it often does him good and teaches him that he is not everybody." "Capital advice," said the King. "He shall be drawn, and Charles shall draw him." But Charles, with great politeness, explained that it is not boy's work but dog's work to draw a badger. "I have a friend called Ship, Your Majesty. He was at the splendid party you gave to Mister Zagabog. Well, he couldn't draw the badger himself because it is not his business." But he has two friends called Flip and Chum. They are fox terriers, Your Majesty, and they can both draw badgers. In fact, they are famous at it. Very good," said the King. "Let it be done. I can leave the matter with confidence in your hands." Then he turned to the assembled beasts. The deputation will be glad to hear. That Charles and his friends Flip and Chum will draw the badger on Thursday next at three thirty of the clock. And now, my dear creatures, I have the honor to wish you all a very good evening. The King and Queen retired, and Charles spoke to the badger. I want your address, if you please," he said firmly. Will you have it now, or wait till you get it? Asked the badger in his rude and vulgar way. I'll have it now," answered Charles. Then he added, "I know quite well what's the matter with you, badger, and I'm very sorry for you. And the quicker you let my friends draw you and get that hateful Flint Heart away from you, the better you'll feel." Never," said the badger. The beast or boy who tries to take it from me shall feel my teeth and claws first. I'll tear him to pieces. He refused to give up his direction, but that didn't matter in the least because the deputation knew it perfectly well, and it was: the Badgeries, Furzebank, Granite Glitters, Bella Vista, Hartland Tor, Dartmoor. Then the most successful deputation on record went home, and Charles told Unity and Bismarck and Ship, and Ship went that same evening to see Flip and Chum, and explained to them that they must be ready to draw a badger on the afternoon of Thursday next. Flip was a neat and shapely lady terrier with a few black patches about her, and a little tan on her cheeks and over her eyes. No braver dog ever lived on Dartmoor, and when she heard the badger must be drawn, she felt delighted. That's work worth doing," she said. "I'm simply sick and tired of killing rats, but a badger always means a fight." Chum was a bigger dog, white all over, with a big black pointed nose like a polar bear's. He was rather stout for active work. Being self-indulgent in the matter of marrow bones, though a grand dog in every other way,、uh, I shall have to go into training," he said, "or I shall be too fat to get into the badger's earth." Then Flip and Chum went off together to plan the work, and they arranged rather a trying time for the badger. 
As for the badger himself, he was not idle either. He prepared to make a terrible fight of it, and declared that the fox terrier who could draw him wasn't to be found in the world. So it promised to be a pretty tough battle, and when the great afternoon arrived, hundreds of beasts were already at the scene to see what would happen. They sat round in rings, as though it were a circus, and when Charles, Unity, Ship, Flip, and Chum appeared on the stroke of half-past three, all the beasts stood up, gave them three cheers, and wished them luck. I may mention that Bismarck did not come. He had developed another nasty weakness in his left side, and was feeling sad and downhearted about things in general. He had been hoping and hoping and hoping for the invitation to reach him from Fairyland, and it had not done so. He feared, therefore, that it was forgotten, and that the king would no more remember all that he had done and suffered in the matter of Marsh Galloper. But, of course, he was quite wrong. The king had not forgotten. He merely happened to be unusually busy for the moment. End of chapter 22